Uh, it is an absolute pleasure and my privilege to be able to welcome you here this morning to Bankery Christian Fellowship Church. My name is Mark. I'm the pastor in training here. Andrew, if you want to come and read. Thank you. So our first reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most, most of the twelve, then he appeared uh, uh, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. As well of our God, amen. Thank you, Andrew. So, there are, there are some things in life that are true, but really not that important. There are some things that are true, but not that important. So, for example, it is true that um, I prefer cold custard on a warm pudding and warm custard on a cold pudding. It's true, but it's not really that important. It's true that my, my left foot is a couple of millimeters longer than my right foot. It's true, but it's really not that important. Uh, by not important, I mean it's not going to change the way that you live your life. It's not going to way, change the way that you think about things. On the other hand, there are things that, if they were true, would be very important. But sadly, they're not true. For example, school's been postponed for another week, and you've got another week off. It's not true. <laughs> Much to some people's relief and some people's disappointment. It's not true. If it was, it would be important. Paul, in the, the words that we've read, that Andrew read for us, he wants to convey something that is both important and true. This is what he wants to get across to us. Paul, he has something that is important and true. And that thing we call the gospel. It's important and true. That's the, the summary of these verses that we've had read for us. Paul wrote these, these words some 25 or so years after Jesus had died, with, well within living memory of, of the people who had walked and talked and lived alongside Jesus. This is a, a very fresh piece of writing. Um, the things that Paul is talking about is fresh in the memory of the people he is writing to. And, and what does he want to talk about? He wants to talk about the gospel. And, and we see the first part that it is important. Paul says, I, I want to remind you I want to remind you of, of something you've already heard, something you, you actually already know, but it's important, so I want to remind you. Many of us have, have heard the gospel many times, but we keep coming back week on week because it's important, and we want to remind ourselves of it. We see that it's important as well because of, of how Paul talks about his desire to tell, about, tell this thing to the, the Corinthians. Um, he says, I, I passed on as of first importance what I first received. 
I wonder what is of, of first importance to you. You know, a lot of us have, have a lot of important things in our life, don't we? We've got, we've got hobbies that we enjoy doing and we wouldn't want to give them up. We've got um, satisfying work, perhaps. We've got families. We wouldn't rank them all in the same order. We've got certain things that are more important than others. Well, in Paul's mind, the thing of first importance is the gospel. This is the thing that he, he desires to share with the Corinthians and, and the people that he is he's ministering to. It's the gospel. But why is it important? Why is this such an important thing? Well, well Paul says it's because it's by the gospel that you are saved. It's by the gospel that you are saved. Now, many of us have you know, misconstrued ideas. We've got wrong ideas about what the gospel actually is. We can think that it is, you know, a moral code, a way to, uh, a, a better way of living, a better lifestyle perhaps even. The gospel can make us comfortable maybe, but, but the gospel first and foremost is important, not because it, it, it helps us or because it makes life more enjoyable or more comfortable. It saves us, is what Paul wants to say. The gospel saves us. So it's important. But is it true? Because if it's not true, then we may as well forget about it. We may as well not put all of the effort that we do into holiday clubs and into to reading and, and sharing from the Bible if it's not true, Paul says, we're wasting our time. That's what he goes on to say later on in this chapter, and specifically talks about the historical facts of Christianity, the historical things that, that really happened. He says, if, if, well, if they didn't really happen, we're wasting our time here. We're better off going and having a social club and doing that instead. But Paul wants to show us not only is this important, it is true. Well, he says it's true because he, he talks about the historical facts. He says, Christ died for our sins. That is the, the historical center point of the message, that Christ died for our sins. Now, sins is not a word that we often use outside of the, the, the kind of the four walls of the church, is it? Um, it's a word that is more often associated with, you know, slipping up on a diet or something like that, or... You know, guilty pleasures. The Bible has a different definition. The Bible says that, that sin is anything that we think or say or do to, to elevate ourselves above God. Anything that, that makes us more important than God. When we ignore what God says is good for us and say, actually, God, I know better, the Bible says that's sin. And the Bible says, actually, that each and every one of us does it. Each and every one of us, by our own nature, wants to rule our own lives. We think we know best. Um, and that has consequences. Now, the Bible tells us that, that God made everything, and he made it good. He made it perfect. God spoke into the darkness and created light. And, and the Bible tells us that God is himself light and life and joy. And being in connection with him is what we were made for. We were made to walk in his light, in his life, in his joy. But each of us choose our own way. And we, we walk, as the, the memory verse says, we actually walk 
away from light and into darkness, and we, we stumble about in darkness on our own. But the, the, the memory verse also tells us that, that Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was born as a man. God became man, lived among us, and lived a perfect life. And he died. Christ died for our sins, for my sins, for your sins. But if Christ only died, well, that's the end of the story. But, but Paul says he didn't only die in accordance with the scriptures. He also rose again. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. And Paul points us back to the scriptures to show us that this was predicted a long time ago. This is a piece of evidence for the truthfulness of the gospel. See, Isaiah wrote about 750 years before Jesus was born, and he tells us that, that he would die for our transgressions. He would be pierced for our transgressions, our sins, the things that we do wrong. It was predicted long before Jesus ever came. And, and King David, even before him, he predicted that, that God's Holy One would not stay in the grave. And, and we know that David wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. These are evidences for the truth of the gospel. It was predicted a long, long time before Jesus, and Jesus fulfilled those predictions. But then we see that there is even more evidence for the truth when we see that he appeared to many. He, he was raised from the dead, and he appeared to people. He showed himself bodily to, to his followers. And, and we have the, the name Cephas in our, in our text, which is another word for Peter. He showed himself to Peter, and I don't know if you know the story of Peter. He was, he was that follower of Jesus who, who, who jumped in with both feet, often before thinking. But he also was the, the, the disciple who, who denied that he even knew Jesus because he was afraid of a servant girl. The night that Jesus was crucified, Peter was terrified. But Peter becomes one of the, the most influential men in the history of the church because he's transformed. He's transformed because he sees the risen Jesus. And there's no other explanation for the transformation in Peter and the rest of the disciples other than they met with the risen Jesus. These were a bunch of timid guys who were locked in a room afraid of anybody coming knocking on that door. But when Jesus appeared to them, they were transformed and they went boldly out into the world and they were willing to die to tell people that, that this gospel is true. Jesus died for your sins and he's alive. And many of them died telling that. You know, we, we see that this is true also from the fact that he appeared to, to not just the disciples, but Paul tells us he appeared to more than 500 people at one time many of whom are still alive. The implications of that is, if you don't believe me, just go out and ask them. Go and speak to these. You've got, you've got hundreds of witnesses to go and choose from, Paul says to the Corinthians. This is true. It's verifiable. Go and speak to the first-hand witnesses. And we have this information recorded for us. Paul says 
that which he received, he passed on to us. He passed on an, a, a pure message, unadulterated. He didn't do any editing. He didn't do any changing of what he'd heard. He heard the gospel. He met with the risen Christ, and he passed it on so that we might know it this morning. This is important, and it's true. And, and Paul says all of these things, not just so that we would be better informed. Paul doesn't tell people the gospel so that they have better knowledge of who God is. He says at the start of these verses, now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached. Now, the gospel is all about what Jesus has done for us. It's all about what God has done in Christ to send a Savior so that we could know Him. We don't work our way to God. We're unable to. But Paul wants us to respond to this message. There is something that we are, we are told to do. That is to hold fast to the gospel. That doesn't mean improve yourself. That doesn't mean work hard at being good. To hold fast to the gospel is simply to believe that these things are important. In fact, they are of the utmost importance. And it's true. And it's reminding ourselves every day that it's by this that we are saved, not by anything that we do. It's by the gospel. And that's why Paul says to people who have already believed the gospel that he wants to remind them of it. You know, when people become a Christian, it's not as if they somehow have got an entry ticket with the gospel and then they go on in their own strength. Some of us fall into that trap of thinking that, that God saves us and then we've got to brush ourselves up, be better, do better, and then finally, hopefully, we'll, we'll get that, that passing grade. But the Bible doesn't say that. Paul doesn't say that. He says, you believed the gospel and the way to go on is continue believing the gospel. Know that on your own, you cannot be right with God. It's only because Christ died for your sins, died for my sins, that he was buried and rose again on the third day, and he's appeared to many. It's only because of these things that I can be certain of an eternal future with God. That is the only way that anybody can be certain of an eternal, perfect future with God. It's because the gospel is important and it is true. C.S. Lewis famously said that, you know, if Christianity, if untrue, is of absolutely no importance. If it's true, it's of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And so many of us go about our lives as though the gospel was moderately important. It's something that we can kind of tack on to an otherwise nice life. But Paul and C.S. Lewis would say the gospel is of first importance. It is infinitely true. If this is new to you, if this is not something that you have ever experienced, well, I encourage you to come and chat afterwards or um, come and have a, a seat at the front. I'd love to speak to you. There's also courses that we like to run in the church, um, Christianity Explored and Hope Explored. And if 
these are things that you would like to, to know more about, please do come along. But Christianity cannot be just moderately important. It's either not important at all or it's infinitely important. 